I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello again, Pats pals and Foxborough friends. We welcome you to the latest and always greatest edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast brought to you by WEEI, WEEI.com, and Odyssey Sports. And boy, do we have a humdinger for you this week. That's right. The age of Hoya the Destroyer is upon us. I know your souls are as twisted as Mac Jones's ankle, but don't you worry. Jumbo Hart and I are here to help you get ready for what easily is going to not be the game of the century as the Patriots travel to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field to take on a potentially underrated Packers team. They're sitting at two and one in the season. Your Patriots are one and two coming off of a, a bummer, if you will, of a loss at home, 11 points to the Ravens. To give you a, an idea as to what's going on with the Packers out in the land of the Cheeseheads, we're going to have the host of the Locked On Packers podcast, Peter Bukowski, to join us. Tell us what's up with A.A. Ron and company and how they're preparing to defend against Brian Hoyer, Bill Belichick and company. Then Andy's going to get a chance to catch up with Mass Live's Chris Mason on the Pats beat to get a feel for what's going on in Foxborough and who's going to be under center for the Pats this week. We all know it's going to be Brian Hoyer. And then lastly, Andy and I will give you our analysis and predictions for the big game Sunday at 425 from the frozen tundra. But first, we're locked on Packers with Peter Bukowski. Pleased to be joined on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast in our Patriots at Packers preview by the host of the Locked on Packers podcast and also the man behind The Leap, one of the best fan sites full of analysis and so much more about the Green Bay Packers, the one and only Peter Bukowski. Peter, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today, buddy. It's good to be here. It's a it's a battle of accents. Um, and, and I don't know who's got a better one, but, but it's two great ones in terms of, you know, you got, you got my, one of my, my college roommates was from Gloucester. So I, I made fun of the way he talks and he made fun of the way I talk. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm not sure what America loves or loathes more saying like Packers or Packers. I mean, as somebody who's from the new England area, but who has family in Wisconsin, I know that America is kind of in their post-peak Affleck, like we're done with Boston and all of that charm, the Brady 20 years and the double dynasty. Like, 
I feel like there's an embrace of all things Wisconsin and Midwest these days. They brought Fargo back, put it on TV. It's a great show. Like, come on. This is this is the Jeffrey Dahmer uh, series <laughs> just came out on Netflix. My dad used to get his razor sharpened at the same place that that guy used to get his knife sharpened. It's wild. Wow. If there's if there's one thing okay. that's going to unite us all, it's an appreciation of a person who used to freeze and eat people. So, and speaking <laughs> of getting frozen and getting eaten, the Patriots are going to Lambeau this weekend. <laughs> um, so just to, before we get into uh, how many points we think the Packers are probably going to win by this weekend, Peter, just give me like a, a state of the Packers right now. Um, you know, does Coach Matt LaFleur, does he treat the first part of the season the same way Bill Belichick does, like extended preseason, feeling out the team to see where they are? Now, obviously, your quarterback, one of the greatest of all time, is healthy and is probably picking up steam, whereas the Patriots are kind of in turmoil with an injured starting quarterback right now. So what's the health of the Packers and where are they at heading into week four? Yeah, I don't know if it's by design that Matt LaFleur does that. I don't know that Matt LaFleur necessarily wants to do that, but I think that's just, that's where this team has landed. And I, I think part of that is, and and I'm sure, you know, Patriots players and coaches felt this too, when your, your focus is December, January, hopefully February. It makes sense that it's just sort of hard to get up for these week one games when you're when you're being told all all year, all offseason that this is about Super Bowls. OK, so then why do I care about week one and the last two years? The Packers have come out pretty flat in week one. Um, they also are on the we don't play our guys train in preseason. Um, and, and Matt LaFleur acted like all summer, he was going to change that. Like in training camp, he's like, well, I haven't made a decision yet. And the guys want to play the defense wanted to play. And then didn't. And then we saw what happened in week one. They didn't really play in week one either. Forgot Justin Jefferson was on the field like four or five times. And that's just not going to work. Part of that too, I think, you know, you look at the last two years, guys, Joe Barry in week one, the defensive coordinator played this like very uh, vanilla defense both, both years in week one. It's weird. And then immediately made adjustments in week two. And it's just sort of like, can you skip to the part where you do the thing where you make the adjustments? And like, we know that the umbrella thing doesn't work. You can't just play the base vanilla, the whole game. You need to add the chocolate chips and the sprinkles and the hot fudge and all the good stuff, especially when you have those guys, but the Seahawks did it for years with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson and those teams. The Patriots seem to do it for years with Tom Brady um, where they, they just like, not that they threw away the season, but what the belt, the Belichick line was always like, we, we don't know what we are until Thanksgiving for crying out loud. So like, I, I don't think anyone should be concerned about the Packers and they're healthy. That's the thing. David Bakhtiari back in a rotation that I've just never seen before where they're just like, you get a series, you get a series back and forth. It was like a, it was like a college that, that had two quarterbacks and both of them kind of sucked, but you had to go back. Like they had the passer quarterback and the running quarterback, uh, like that, that's, it was a weird thing, but David Bakhtiari's injury has been weird. Like it's been a bizarre 20 months of this guy not being on the field. So will he, won't he, will he play this week? He's probably going to play this week. Is he going to play the whole game? I have no idea. I don't know that Matt, La Matt LaFleur has got, just gotten to the point where he's just like, I'm sick of the questions. We'll see is his answer to everything. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just sort of like he's had enough, but he's also been burned. Like we thought going into last year, training camp, David Bakhtiari, like all signs pointed to him being ready for week one. And then he wasn't. And then he wasn't again. And then he, and it was just sort of like, when are we going to, when are we going to get to the point where they, he can do the thing. And, and they, they basically never did until week 18. Now I still can't get the 17 game schedule straight in my head. Um, and so they come in Jair Alexander coming off of a groin injury, but he practiced. 
So we'll see what his status is for this game. They come in pretty healthy um, and and coming off, at least defensively, what was a really good game against the, the Buccaneers. So um, not, not the same sort of challenge this week, I don't think. So, Peter, the overwhelming story from afar looking at Green Bay was Devontae Adams is gone, Aaron Rodgers is back. Who is Aaron Rodgers going to throw to? So I will ask that simple question. Who is Aaron Rodgers going to throw to? Who is he falling in love with and who is he falling out of love with? I thought you were going to say ayahuasca, so I appreciate you went Devontae <laughs> Adams there. Uh, the well, I'm probably going to need some ayahuasca <laughs> after the game Sunday. to be. I'm going to want to hallucinate because that'll probably be the only way I think any Pats fan is going to appreciate it. <laughs> so Romeo Dobbs is the answer. Um, he is a, a fourth-round rookie out of Nevada who I don't know why he fell as far as he did. I think part of it, he's injured through the, the pre-draft process and didn't get to run for, for teams until late in the process, ran in – Depending on who you ask, what I was told was high four fours. Some teams will tell you low four, low four fives. He's faster than that. He looked faster than that in in college. Looked faster than that in training camp. He's dusting guys vertically, um, slot fades and and just go balls on the outside. He is fast, fast. Um, leads the Packers in targets so far this season. Um, ESPN just came out with these cool metrics where they tried to they use like their tracking dots data. I don't get the technology, but. They said he was one of the top 10 most open receivers through three weeks um, of the year. So they're finding ways to scheme him free. And then I think the big thing this week is Christian Watson, the second round rookie. Um, he can absolutely fly um, a four, three guy from North Dakota state. And he, I don't know that he wears number nine because all he does is run nine routes, but uh, <laughs> it, like if, if that's the case, if that's why he picks number nine um, good for him, because he just looks, he just looks so fast and you don't expect small school guys to get to the league. And on the first play of his NFL career, he runs right by Patrick Peterson. I don't know Patrick Peterson's not what he was before, but like just, just cooks him. And in week two against Jalen Johnson, one of the better corners in the league, double move. He's open down the field. Now Rodgers went down on Lazar, picked up the first down, but this guy can push it vertically in a way that the Packers haven't had someone purely that fast, including Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who can threaten teams down the field, it, probably since Jordy Nelson, in terms of just like pure, like, oh, crap. Um, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but... Yeah, um, yeah go ahead. The, the, the line that I've always loved from scouts is a guy has oh shit speed, mm -hmm. and Christian Watson has oh shit speed. Yeah, and we have oh shit defenders, as in, oh shit, <laughs> that guy just ran by me as well. Although I will give him his props, Jonathan Jones the slot cornerback who's been forced to the outside because the Patriots don't really have a number one cornerback. They just have a bunch of potentially shifty, good five foot nine and under cornerbacks actually has rated out so far as pro football focuses best or highest graded cornerback, which is terrific. Uh, and they're, and he's got great speed too. You know, they did a nice job bottling and containing Miami only allowing 13 offensive points week one week two, they go up against the Trubisky tragedy by the Allegheny and anybody should be able to hold them to 14 and under. And then last week they got, they got roasted. Now there's been internal debate and I don't know, Andy, would you describe what's going on in new England right now as a civil war, if you will, between Patriots fans or Pats and team as to, is it the process and coordinators? Is it Mac making mistakes? You know, but there's a lot of infighting going on in new England. Would you say Andy? Certainly in New England, outside of New England. I mean, Mike Lombardi joining into it. Like if you blame the coaches, then you're being naive. And I think if you don't blame the coaches personally, you're being naive, Mike Lombardi. But yes, definitely some fighting yeah. going on. in Patriot Yeah, there is like, it's a good thing. Mac Jones probably won't play this weekend because if he didn't, 
if he didn't get his ankle rolled up by Calais Campbell last week, then all the buses that the Patriots threw him under, or at least that Mike Lombardi did, would have prevented him from playing as well. It's been rough. It's been really, really rough. And are, now, they, are they calling it the Boston OC party? Uh, wow, no, but I am going to give you full credit. Now, Andy knows how much I love a good portmanteau and a pun, uh, and he hates them, uh, uh, even though he makes as many dad jokes as I do. It's funny True. you say that because my line this week, Peter, about – Brian Hoyer, who I call Hoyer the Destroyer, you know, will he be the destroyer of the Packers or more likely the Patriots? We found out this week his name is Axel. It's, his name is Axel Brian Hoyer. I saw that. Yeah, which is ridiculous because there's, there's there's no less hard rock looking a guy on planet Earth than Brian Hoyer. So my, my question has been, so after Sunday, is it going to be Axel throws or Axel blows? And I have a feeling if we get the Brian Hoyer from two years ago against the Chiefs, we're going to be in trouble. What do you think the Packers are preparing for, though, uh, with the Patriots offense and likely Brian Hoyer under center? Well, I think after after a couple reps against this pass rush, he's going to have some axle grease in his pants because this is <laughs> this is not something well that, that I think someone who who can't really move. Thank you. Uh, is is going to be well equipped for um, Kenny Clark has been as disruptive as an interior pass rusher as we have in the league in a league where Aaron Donald is living and breathing and doing stuff. Um, Kenny Clark has been incredibly productive. Rashawn Gary, I just saw this great stat from Match Diamond at The Athletic. Since the beginning of 2021, only Micah Parsons has been more successful as a pressure creator per snap than Rashawn Gary. He has, he has turned into an absolute monster. And what's so funny, guys, is Chase Winovich was the guy that if you were a college football fan, you're going, the Packers didn't even draft the best pass rusher on Michigan. And then Chase Winovich comes out, as you guys remember, I think he had like six sacks as a rookie. Like he looked like a, he looked like a nice player and their paths could not have gone in, in more opposite directions. Um, and, and Rashawn Gary has become this force. They had, they had eight pressures last week against Tom Brady in a game in which he averaged under two seconds to throw the ball. If you can create pressure in under two seconds, like if, if they had been playing anyone, but Tom Brady last week, they probably have six or eight sacks. And that's against Tristan Wirfs. And, and like the, at least the right side of that offensive line is pretty good. The left side is pretty bad um, right now. And so I think that they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be able to create a lot of pressure on this Patriots um, passing attack such that we can call it an attack, but the run game is where the Packers are going to have to create something because they have not been a good run defense this season. They've not been a good run defense over the last couple of years. They're 20th right now in EPA per play, which is up from where it was last week and the week before. Um, and so if you're the Patriots, like that's how it's going to be Ramondre and Damian Harris all day, right? Like that just has to be the way that they find a way to win this game. It's like the Jimmy Garoppolo 2019 NFC championship game plan. Let Brian Hoyer throw the ball 12 times, run it for 200 yards if you can. And it the Bills, the Bills game plan from last year, right? Try and just make this about put three tight ends on the field and go, you know, throw back to like some wing T stuff from from back in the day. Like that's that's sort of where you got to go on this, I think. Yeah, Andy, I saw right before the podcast, uh, Patriots are first in rush DVOA on offense. Packers last defensively. So you think that's what we're going to get? And that's what, I mean, Patriots fans are talking themselves into. Like, oh, we're going to run the ball. And you see the Packers, they're not really scoring points. Like this is, this is doable. But what Fitzy left out earlier when he was bragging about Jonathan Jones' grade is he left out the Jalen. 
paid on the other end of that. So, um, you know, that certainly some uh, susceptibility in the back end of the Patriots. And what I want to ask you is, you mentioned the receivers, the young guys. I know Watson had an injury. He's coming back. Like, internally or even in, in Packer Nation, quote-unquote, is there this feeling that this offense is is starting to approach its stride, hit its stride, be capable of of putting up points and taking advantage of the Patriots back end? Yeah, when you saw them, when you saw them march down the field on two consecutive drives against Tampa Bay, you just sort of go, Oh, okay. So this is what this offense can be. Right. And they're and they're about to go in for that third touchdown. And Aaron Jones fumbles at the at the goal line pretty uncharacteristic for a player who has been absolutely on fire to start the season and the wheels came off a little bit and they ate straight three and outs. And part of that was Todd Bowles made some adjustments. They started to play a little closer to the line of scrimmage. They were putting more guys in the box through two weeks, guys. There were three players in the NFL who had not faced a loaded box all season. Two of them played for green Bay, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And that's going to change. Teams are going to say, you have to run the ball against us to beat us. And we don't think you we don't think you can throw over our heads. So here's eight guys in the box, one safety deep, and we dare you. The problem for the Patriots is um, 31st in success rate run defense and 31st in EPA per rush on defense. The run defense has been bad, and mm-hmm. so if if that's going to be the thing, like how how do you find a way to stop an offense that yeah has not looked great, but if if they can run the ball. I just, if they can run the ball, that unlocks everything for this offense. The play action game has been phenomenal to start the season. Um, they've been getting those in breakers in behind linebackers. The linebackers are going to have to play so disciplined this week with the jet motion and the play action and all that stuff. The stuff that, by the way, the Patriots, it sounds like you can correct me if I'm wrong, are trying to put in their offense because they see it working. Um, and mm-hmm. and it, it does work for, for the Packers. So, um, this, this season, the, the, the Packers are averaging almost seven yards per carry when they use jet motion. It's, it's wild. Um, and so that, that's going to be, I, I think the, where the, where the rubber meets the road for this game is, is on both sides who can stop the run better. Um, and then, you know, obviously the quarterback play tends to be the difference in these games and Brian Hoyer versus Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's okay. It's a fair fight. Go ahead. I'll say it for you. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a total draw. It's at the, at the OK Corral. It, it, obviously, this, the, there may not be a greater mismatch in the NFL this weekend than Brian Hoyer versus Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and we saw what happened last time. Brian Hoyer had to go in and substitute for a Patriots starting quarterback against another NFL great. Patriots defense actually kind of balled out or showed out, as Stefan Gilmore said they had to for a while, until eventually mistakes were made and the levy broke. And it was kind of just like a disappointing Monday night loss. I think most Patriots fans would be thrilled if the Patriots could keep this within a touchdown or the spread, which by the way, opened at 10 and a half. You want to talk about moral victory Monday, Andy, if the Patriots only lose by four points, everyone in new England will be popping bottles and celebrating like in bill. We trust. I knew they could do it. The guy's still a friggin' genius guy. Um, but the line opened at 10 and a half and now it's down to nine. Now I know Mac Jones has told people in the building, don't count me out, but, there's no way he's playing. It's Hoyer versus Rogers. And right. I just want to sort of um, end on this because I, I've counted him out. Yeah. We, <laughs> Me we, we all, everybody should. has, I'm sure Please everybody, Matt LaFleur, everybody. Yeah. Anybody with anybody who, whose head is firmly planted on their shoulders and not up their derriere knows that Mac Jones is not playing. And it's, it's, and it's Brian Hoyer with private first class Bailey Zappi behind him. Um, but when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, like 
He gave a whole love letter to a big tongue bath to Coach Belichick earlier this week, buttered him up real good on the Pat McAfee show. And I think they're... Which is a Belichick move, by the way. No one loves to butter up other uh, their opponents like Bill Belichick. I thought that was just like some some Kaiser Soze stuff. Yeah, borrowing a little bit from the Belichick dojo on that one to to butter him up in advance. That was uh, like, sorry, Bill, we're going to try not to beat you by too much or at least like... (laughs) you know, the veil of friendship in advance of destruction on Sunday. But where are Packers fans with Aaron Rodgers? And Mm. where, like, where are things with Rodgers and the team, Rodgers and fans? Like, he's such a, he's such a quirky dude. At one moment, lovable. And then last year in the middle of COVID and everything else, everybody, you know, the, what was it, inoculated routine? Like, then all of a sudden he was public enemy number one. Immunized, yeah, yeah. Where are they? Well, first of all, do you guys want to see my toe? I can... No, no, thank you. No, um, I hate feet. <laughs> so do I. This is not the Rex Ryan appreciation. The funny thing was yeah. that, that a week later, Billy Turner made the, made that exact joke and pulled out his foot just to like, oh. just to oh. pimp Aaron Rodgers. Oh. Um, if you'd asked me this question a year ago, I would have given you a very different answer because I, I don't, I think Aaron Rodgers completely miscalculated how much support he had from Packer fans when he threw his hissy fit last spring. I think he completely miscalculated because I think he thought the reaction would be what it was right away, which was um, they haven't done enough to get him receivers. And this has been an issue for years and yada, yada. And as we sort of moved along the summer, everyone was like, wait, do the Packers have the best roster in the league? Like, what is he whining about? What is really going on here? What is really the problem? Because the reporting then was he wants people fired. They gave him the contract offer that he wanted, made him the highest paid quarterback in the league. He didn't take it. And, and a lot of Packer fans were just sort of like, then screw this guy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 